This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports. And we get into topics on this show about concentration, about motivation, about attitude, about confidence, teamwork, the coach-athlete relationship, how to win, how to lose, how to be successful, how to deal with failure. If you coach kids, how do you deal with that? What's the best way to develop kids psychologically and emotionally in the sports world? I've been in practice as a sports psychologist since 1981, 37 years, about to start my 38th year after Labor Day. been doing it about as long as anybody in the country and have had a radio show for 27 years, the last 17 years here in Kansas City on Sports Radio 810 WHB, and we just started to go national a couple months ago. I'm excited about that. And I look forward to doing this show every week because I've been fortunate enough to have worked with athletes at all levels of competition, from youth sports all the way up to the Olympics and professional levels. I love doing this show every week because we try to discuss the mental side of sports. You know, I have a saying you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will be the one who'll come out on top. And I really believe that because I've worked with so many athletes over the years, and they'll tell me the difference is my mindset, the difference is my attitude, the difference is where my head is at. My great uncle Hirsch Jacobs told me years ago a quote back in the mid 60s. He was the winningest trainer in horse racing history when he died in 1970. He won 3,596 races. The quote was, sports is the greatest theater in the world. Everyone knows their part, but no one knows what will happen. And it has stuck with me throughout the years. And his son, my cousin Tommy, told me that quote again years ago. And it's been something that's stayed with me because it just makes so much sense. You don't know what's going to happen. Until you put out the effort. So what is effort? And what are results? That's what we're going to get into today. You know, I work with so many athletes at all levels. And in, in, in just about, gosh, I, I, not every sport, but so many different sports. And it's the same theme for so many people. When we get into the issue of self-confidence, how do I build my confidence? How do I get stronger? What do I need to focus on, Doc? What's, what, what's my problem? I get that so often. And one of the common denominators that I have found is that so many athletes, especially when you get into high school, not as much at younger ages, but more at the high school level, sometimes late middle school, 
they start worrying about results. They start worrying about the score, about their statistics, and about the expectations others have on them. And what starts to happen then is extra stress, extra pressure, extra demands. And consequently, their performance doesn't go as well. You know, oftentimes, I also have found that a lot of the athletes who are smart will think too much. Smart people are thinkers. And if you're an athlete and you're smart and you think too much, you get stuck in your head. And when you get stuck in your head, it's hard to execute because you're worrying about statistics. Years ago, when I worked with the Kansas City Royals at batting practice one day, one of the players came out of the batter's box and came over and grabbed me and says, Doc, what's wrong with me? What is wrong with me? This guy's a great guy. Had a couple of kids. Very successful marriage. Wonderful parents. I said, there's nothing wrong with you. He says, Doc, look at my average. It sucks. It's 228. I'm a 270 hitter. I don't know what's going on. So the Kansas City Royals Stadium, Kauffman Stadium, it's a giant scoreboard. I know this was several years ago before a lot of the newer stadiums came into existence as they are now. It's one of the biggest scoreboards around at that point. He said, you know, I come up to bat, and I see every stat up there. And he said, I, I just suck. I'm terrible. And I said, let me ask you a question. And this is a big guy, really nice guy, good man. I said, aren't you supposed to be looking at the pitcher and not the scoreboard? And he got this big smile on his face and grabbed me and says, Doc, man, I love you. Gave me a hug. Said, you're right. I'm just, I'm so worried about my stats. I said, yeah, you're looking at that and not at the pitcher. That night he went two for four, drove in the game-winning run in the eighth inning with a double. And after the game came over and said, you know, thanks. Gave me a hug. He said, thanks, because you know what? You're right. I'm so worried about my stats and about my contract and about results. I'm not focusing on what I'm doing. And it really hit me how often that happens. Because we we are so caught up with materialistic goals. When I work with young people in my office, or any level for that matter, one of the things I ask people to do is to make out five lists of things for me. The first session we'll meet and talk and basically give them a homework assignment. I oftentimes give out a personality test that I use that measures concentration skills and a variety of personality characteristics But I also have them write out five lists of things for me. Their goals, their strengths, their weaknesses, their fears, and their distractions. And then the second section, we will go over those lists and discuss them. And it's very interesting with goals because I I, I believe there are two types of goals and two forms of goals. You have short-term and long-term goals, but you have materialistic and non-materialistic goals. The materialistic goals are things you can measure. How many games you've won, what your batting average is, how many times you've won the game, how many times you strike out, how many missed shots you have, whatever it might be, what your grades are. Those are the results. But the non-materialistic goals are things like becoming more, more confident, have a more positive attitude, be able to focus more. And to me, those are the backbones of the materialistic goals. So today on our show, we're going to talk about the difference between focusing on effort, which is the non-materialistic types of things, 
like confidence and attitude versus focusing on results, which is the score or your statistics. And I'd like to hear from you and find out from you what you do. If you're struggling in your sport, if you're coaching a team that's struggling, how often do you find that athletes are focusing too much on results? The score, the statistics. Our phone number is 913-3810-810. I'd like to hear from you. We always get loaded up with calls at the end of the show, so let's get some calls in here now. If you're an athlete, do you focus more on results or do you focus more on your effort? If you're frustrated as an athlete right now, you're a golfer, you're a tennis player, swimmer, bowler, softball, baseball, doesn't matter, soccer player, how often do you focus more on the results and find you're frustrated not getting them and you'd rather focus on your effort? Our phone number is 913-3810-810. I'd like to hear from you if you're an athlete, if you're a coach, if you're a parent. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're in the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. And we're talking to you from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week, and we get into the mental side of sports on this show. And I try to bring up a topic each week that I think will be of interest, get into discussions about. And as we discussed in our first part of the show as I was getting into topic today is the issue of do you focus on results or focus on effort haven't had any calls yet like to get some calls in here our number is 913-3810-810 like to hear from you if you are a coach what do you coach your team to do in a game do you focus on execution and effort or do you talk a lot about the results of winning the game, getting a hit, the score. How much do you focus on the score? How much do you focus on execution? I've worked with many, many, many coaches over the 37 years I've been doing this. And one of the things I've found is that a lot of coaches talk a lot about results. We need to win this game. We need to get this score. We need to get these stats. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the key is, how do you get there? And see, it's about the execution. It's about the effort that gets you there. And I I find that a lot of people today focus too much on that end result. And consequently, they stress out about it and they worry about it and they get uptight about it. And they don't do as well. I'm working with several professional pitchers, minor league and, and major league pitchers right now. And this is exactly what we've been talking about. They're worried about their stats. They're worried about their ERA. And I'm getting them to change their mindset. And what's happening is, with actually three of them right now, they've been doing better because they've been focusing more on their execution. They've told me, I'm just focusing on the next pitch. I'm not worried about whether he hits it or not. And they said, you're right, Doc. It's changed my mindset, and I'm doing better because I'm not as uptight. Our phone number is 913 913- Three eight ten eight ten. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. I want to get your attitude, your impression about this. What do you tell your athletes? What do you tell your team? If you are an athlete, what are you thinking about when you're playing your sport? Are you thinking about the result of what you want to get or how you're going to get there? 
whoever first call in the morning. Let's talk to Dan. Dan, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, Dr. Jacobs. How are you, sir? Great. Hey, uh, you've worked with us before. I keep it uh, anonymous, but uh, my son is having problem with effort. Um, my wife and I are going through some hard times right now through a divorce. I don't want it to affect his playing. I don't want to affect his effort. How do you think it's the what, what do you think is the best way to just kind of block out all the negative energy and then negative energy between my my wife and myself, my ex-wife and myself, soon to be ex-wife and myself, and continue to try to get the best effort out of my son. How old is your son, Dan? He, he's nine. He worked with us before. He's playing soccer and baseball. Um, we were having some problems before. I'm now out of the house. Uh, at times, uh, through this, he's, he's like not wanting to play. We know he likes to play sports, but uh, and I've kind of pushed him to try to focus on that, but his, his effort and his heart's not into it because of all the stuff that's going on, going on around him. I, I mean... I just don't know how to how to, how to handle it. My, my wife, my ex, said, "Hey, try to take him out, see, you know, so this settles down." But I, again, I don't want him to get behind. And uh, well, let me let me ask you a couple questions. First of all, uh, you, I, you said you've met, worked with me before. How long ago was that? It was last year. I met with you with my little boy. You said he was in. You know, you, you said put him on a lower team. Uh, we've done that, and he's done he's done really well. And they again this year they moved him back up to a more competitive team, but then all this stuff started coming down, and it's really affected him. Right. Okay, I recall now who you are. Okay, so my my suggestion, Dan, is this: I mean, the first thing I would say, as difficult as it is, you and your soon-to-be ex-wife need to get on the same page about your son. Okay. Yeah. My my wife my my wife she's not anti-sports. Uh, as you remember, she's not anti-sports, but she's just not into it as much as I am. No, you're you're very much into it, I recall. And and I think, and she wasn't into it as much as you. And so I think, and your son is very competitive and very dis, very disappointed when he didn't do well. So the two of you need to get on the same page. I mean, I'd encourage you to come back in and see me, quite frankly, for well, us I to work on I thought about that, and, and, and I will. I'm going to call you this week. But yeah, we need, we, need, we need to work on that, and we need to get you guys on the same page about how you're going to handle your son and your other children as well. And I think yeah, that, the other, that... One, the other one, the other one actually, uh, the other, it hasn't affected him as, the little one hasn't affected him as much. He's actually on the, on the you know, the, how they structure the soccer deal. He, he, again, this year he made the, one of the top team again, my little one. And we, I, didn't, I, I didn't want to put him on that team because I didn't think, I, I had a feeling this was going to happen. Well, I, I recall what we discussed, and, and I know you're, you wanted your older son to play on a more competitive team. And I think the key thing is not being on a t- the more competitive team, a team he's having more fun at. He was nine years old. It's not, you know, youth sports today is too focused on this whole issue of winning and being on a better team, being on a traveling team, being on a competitive team, being on an elite team. It's not about that. It's about the experience. Absolutely. And, and the situation you guys have at home obviously is uncomfortable, and that's going to cause problems. So you've got to work out those issues first. The sports stuff should be an outlet for him, a way for him to enjoy himself, but not be so caught up with having to be so much better than everybody else, Dan. And that's okay. where I think you, you and your, your ex-wife-to-be need to get on the same page. So I'd encourage you to come back in and talk to me, and we'll work on this. And it, it's look, it's difficult. I went through a divorce. My kids were 12 and 13. It's not any fun, okay, because no, kids get affected. But you've got to work. The kids have to be the number one priority. And because of your son's competitiveness and that whole issue of having to be on 
you know, the best team. It's not about that. I told you it was about letting him have fun being on. Remember, we talked about being on a lesser team and he'd have more fun. He'd get to play more. He wouldn't worry about it. And didn't that didn't that go better? It did. It did. And then we uh, then we had to pull out of that. We had to pull out of that because all the stuff that was going through. So we so we went through uh, we went through the tryout again um, this year, and um, I, I I fell into the same trap. I mean, he he, he was skillful enough to make a, a more better, a better team, but now he's not giving the effort, and now he's saying he doesn't want to play. I take him out there. He sees the other kids playing, then he gets into it again. Well, so a lot of that may be because of what's going on at home, and that has an impact, and so that's why you need to work on that, whether it's with me or whoever. But uh, give me a call, Dan, and we'll work on this. But but this is the whole thing about the effort part, about the enjoyment part, and not about the results. And I think you know we, we've got to deal with that. But you and, and, and your ex-wife need to be on the same page. It's got to be that, or it's not, it's it's going to cause conflict for him. I agree. All right, I'll call you this week. Okay, See you, sir. See you later. Good Thanks, hearing bye. from you. All right, take care. All right, that frees up our lines here at 913-3810-810. Unfortunate situation for Dan and for his kids to be dealing with that. But nonetheless, this this whole issue of results, you know, we focus so much on, and I recall that situation, uh, Dan was very caught up when his son being on a better team and being on more of an elite team and he's going to get noticed more. But it, it, it's irrelevant at nine, eight years of age. It should be about the experience and having fun. But I'm seeing it, like I said, at the professional level. As I said, I'm working with several minor league pitchers right now. Actually, one's a major league pitcher as well. And their focus is so much on, has been so much on their stats, that what happens is this: they start worrying. They start getting physically tense and mentally tense. Then they don't throw the ball as well. And so we've been working on some relaxation efforts. We've been working on, I call it FOE versus FOR, focus on execution versus focus on results. And if we can get you to focus more on your execution and effort, the results have a better chance of coming. So I'd like to hear from you at 913-3810-810. If you're a coach and you have kids on your team who are really caught up in their stats or parents of the kids that you're coaching that are caught up in the stats... How much of an impact does that affect on their performance? If you're an athlete, how much effort do you put on effort or how much focus do you put on results? I'd like to hear from you at 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and I'm talking to you from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm with you every week, and we get into the mental side of sports on this show. And our topic today is this. Do you focus on effort, or do you focus on results? You know, in sports, we play, if you want to succeed, you want to win. You want to come out on top. You want to be the, the victor. Well, how do you get there? Do you focus on I have to win, I have to win, I can't lose, I can't lose? Do you focus on what's it going to take to do well? What's the mindset you take into your competition? And I don't care what the sport is. I don't care what level you're at. But as you get older, once you hit the high school level, and if you keep playing a sport after high school, whether it's a team sport or an individual sport, you want to do well, you want to win, 
you don't want to go out and lose. But what does winning mean? Does it mean coming in first? Does it mean accomplishing a goal? And what I have found is that athletes who make it to the upper levels of their sport and keep playing put a lot of emphasis on obviously wanting to win. Who wouldn't? I'm 63. I want to go out and win whatever I do. But I try to focus on what's it going to take to get there. The process. The process of getting there. That's what it comes down to. And I found so many golfers especially. And being that it's midsummer right now, this is a an issue that affects so many people who play golf. You focus so much on I want to par this hole or I think I can birdie this hole. I need to hit on the green and if I hit on the green, I have a chance to birdie the hole. And then you put so much pressure on yourself to hit that perfect shot, you shank it left. Or you duff it or you hit a bad shot. It happens all the time. Because what happens is, I have found, when you start to put psychological pressure on yourself, you end up putting physical pressure on yourself. Your swing gets screwed up. You get tense. If you're a baseball player, it's the same thing. If you're a tennis player, it's the same thing. You're up 40-30. It's match point. You start thinking, if I win this point, I win the set, I win the match, I'm the victor. And then you double fault. Why do you double fault? Because you put too much pressure on yourself. You're trying too hard. You get mentally tense and physically tense. The two work together. All right, I'd like to get some calls in here. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you get your athletes and your team to focus more on their effort and the process and execution? Or do you talk a lot about the score? What do you tell your team as a coach? Our number is 913-3810-810. Got a wide open phone board. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. What do you tell your team before a game? In your pregame pep talk or during the game, what do you say to your athletes? What do you say to them about their focus? If you're a golfer, do you find yourself... Not playing as well as you want because you think too much about the score. You focus too much on the score of the round. You know, I'm two over. I've got to birdie this hole to get back to one over. Are you thinking so much about that? Years ago, I had a college golfer come to see me. I've been working with him for a while. He was playing a tournament out in California, the only Midwestern team in this tournament. He was leading the tournament by two strokes on the 16th hole of the third day. All the other schools from Arizona, California, and Nevada. He gets to the 16th hole, which is a par three. Playing great. His coach is sitting in a golf cart and says, don't hit it in the trap. Everybody else has. Well, what do you think he does? Plunks it in the trap in front. It's all ticked off. Hits it in the trap over the green. Chips on the green, it rolls off. He ends up triple bogeying the hole. Loses the tournament by two strokes. Fly back here that night. The next day comes in. He's just furious. He's livid. All ticked off with the coach for telling him not to hit it in the trap. And I said, well, it's really your fault you hit it in the trap. You're the one who hit the ball. Yeah, that was pretty dumb of him to say that. But what you should have done right there and say, all right, what do I have to do to hit it on the green? It's 110 yards. It's an easy wedge need to hit it over at this part of the green. Instead of thinking, don't hit it in the trap because I'll screw up the hole. 
And that was exactly what he did. He was thinking, don't hit in the trap because I'll screw up the hole. And consequently, he did. So I think so much of the time we focus on score, on statistics, on results. We don't get those results and scores because our emphasis is so much on that. All right. Our number is 913-3810-810. Only had one call yet this morning. Let's see if we can get some more calls in here. I want to hear from you if you're a coach. What do you tell your team? How much emphasis do you put on winning the game when you're talking to your athletes versus talking to them about execution? What do you say to them before a game? When you talk to your team, what do you try to emphasize for them to do? If you are an athlete, what are you thinking about when you're playing your sport? Are you focusing on the score, on the results, or are you focusing on how to get there? See, to me, it's, it, it's, it's, I call it, as I said earlier, FOE versus FOR. FOE is focus on execution versus FOR, which is focus on results. I think you should focus on the process, the execution. That's what's going to get you there. We're such a materialistic society. We, we care so much about statistics and results, but it's about the feeling. Okay, I'm a psychologist. I'm a sports psychologist. I talk to people about feelings. But what's inside us is what gets us what we want. And I've been doing this for so many years. I, I, I truly, truly believe this. And I believe if you work with your team on their effort, on what they need to do, that will give them a greater chance of getting the result versus focusing on that result. As I mentioned, our number is 913-3810-810. Let's go first to Ben, and then we'll go to Craig. Ben, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Thank you for calling in. Get your thoughts. Yes. So, um, I, I, with my team, I 100% focus on the effort and the process. Um, if they focus on the process and executing the way they should, then the results are going to be there. The wins are going to be there and the stats are going to be there. Um, today it's the stats are so readily available with game changer, um, and I don't even show my son his stats until the end of the season. I want him to focus on every single at-bat. I want him to focus on every single play. And at the end of the day, if they execute like they're supposed to, the stats will be there, the wins will be there. What age uh, are are the, the kids you coach, Ben? 13. Okay. That's right to me. 13, 14 is the transitional time when the result does start to matter. I think, you know, when you're 8, 9, 10, it shouldn't be as much about that as much having fun. When you get to be 13, 14, it should still be about having fun. But, you know, let's face it, how you do the score, your statistics, you know, it does come into play. But I truly believe you're doing the right thing. And you're seeing the results of that then, being with these kids being happier and, be, and accomplishing their goals more so? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, you have every season comes with up and ups and downs. We started off pretty rough, but we ended the season with a the end of the season tournament win. Um, and it's it, the entire season we just focused on execute every single play, focus on the next play. You know, at 13 years old, these kids, um, it's hard for them to move on from a mistake. And it, well, let, let me interject. Let me ask a question, Ben. Why is that? Um, I think they put a lot more pressure on themselves and their expectations of themselves are higher than what we have for them. 
And I don't know necessarily know where that stems from. I was just um, going to ask you, do you think that may come from their parents in part? It, it could. It could. It certainly doesn't come from the coaches because, you know, I know that these kids are 13 years old. There's, you know, on our team, there's a handful that have a pos- the possibility of playing high school. That's even less of a number for the possibility of playing college. And I don't think any of our kids are going to go pro. Let me ask this so question. I, Let me ask this question. Then. Do, have you ever had a meeting just with the parents to talk about this issue? Um, I'm not the head coach, but I do know that some of uh, some of the parents have have come to our head coach and talked to him about it. I, ha- I did have one one family come to talk to me and ask about moving their son up to a higher level. Um, and you kind of you need to you know a lot of times parents have a, del- a delusional view of how good their child is. So you kind of have to gently, you know, coax them. Well, maybe it's not the best thing for them to move to a higher level because a lot of times these kids, they go to these club teams, they go to these higher-level teams, and they don't play. And right now it's all about playing time, real-life game playing time. No, you're, you're, you're right, and that's where to me, Ben, what I would suggest you do is tell the head coach that you guys, I know the season, what you're basically done with the baseball season now, but have a meeting with the parents just the parents and talk about this issue with them and have like a group discussion. And I think that would be really helpful and healthy for everybody so that everybody could try to get as close to being on the same page and understand where you guys are coming from. And I, I think that can possibly eliminate some of the problems that could develop. It's, it's probably a good idea. All right. Well, I'd suggest you do that. Listen, sir, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. And I, I, I believe you're deal, doing this the right way, saying the right thing. So good luck to you. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. That frees up our lines here at 913 913- Three eight ten eight ten. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio eight ten WHB in Kansas City. I am here every week, and we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. Today's topic: as a coach, as an athlete, do you focus more on results? or focus more on the effort and the process to get you there. I want to hear from you. We're going to talk to Craig here in a moment. He's been waiting patiently over our break. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. What do you tell your team before a game and during a game in terms of focus? Are you focusing on you better get a hit or we're going to win or lose? Or do you focus on what it's going to take to get a hit? Do you focus on the process of executing the swing the stroke, the form, where you focus more on the score at the end of the game. Our number is 913-3810-810. Craig, thank you for holding on. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? Great. Get your thoughts. Uh, I'm a coach, and um, it's it's hard to not focus on stats, especially when you're dealing with high school seniors, because they feel like if they don't have stats, then they won't go to college. Uh, younger kids, I think it's a little bit easier to uh, focus on effort because you you really can't have one without the other, in my opinion. Well, what age do you coach? High school. What what sport? Football. Okay. Tell me why you feel that way. As because you need you you got to have the effort to to get to get the stats, but you know I try to just tell them you know one play at a time your opportunity to come, you know, when I played high school, I had the same difficulties because when I played defensive back, 
if I saw the other defensive back have three interceptions in, in four games, then I felt like I had to get where he was, and then I was doing things that, that were out of my character. There you go. I think I see a lot of players do that when they see their, their buddies scoring touchdowns or getting a lot of tackles. They say, oh, i got, I got to start doing that. And then you're doing things that you probably shouldn't be doing to, to get those stats. And then the stats won't come, and now you're, now you're kind of caught in a limbo because you're, you're trying to figure things out. You just hit it, Craig. You just hit it right on the head. You're exactly right. And see, that's where to me, I, and obviously I'm a sports psychologist, so I talk with people. Okay, um, I know a lot of people tell me, and I'm not saying this about you, but a lot of people tell me coaches talk at people; they don't talk with them. And so one of the things that I always encourage coaches to do is have a discussion, just like I talked to our last car about the parents. I like to encourage coaches to have a Practice one day where you don't practice to go out on the field, but you sit down and you talk and you get a discussion going about this exact issue. And, and as I said earlier in the show, it's very interesting because I've got these these minor and major league pitchers I'm working with right now, several of them. And they're they're all they've all been very successful, obviously, to make it to this level. And now three of them right now, for the first time in their careers, are having some failures that they've never had before. And it's all because they're focusing so much on their stats. I mean, we, you know, look, Craig, you and I both know social media has exploded the whole statistical world in terms of sports, right? I mean, there's every stat you want is measured out there somewhere, right? Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think also the, the explosion of fantasy football, even though it is fantasy, but it's a thing that's solely based on numbers and stats. So a lot of people who do that... You know that they that'll get you caught up in it too. Yeah, and so we, we're so materialistically oriented with all these things, we don't focus enough on the on the internal drive and the motivation, and that's where you know the feelings. We can't measure feelings; we can measure you know numbers. But right. my suggestion to you as a coach is to sit, you know sit down with the coaching staff and have a discussion about this, and then have a practice one day. Since I know high school football is going to be starting here pretty soon. And sit down with these kids, and and look, it's going to be hard to get all of them to buy in. But you have to get them to understand what I I would have every kid on that team write down their personal goals and have every, you know, position coach talk with these kids about their goals. And if their goals are more materialistically oriented, result oriented, which is fine, you need to emphasize, well, how are you going to get there? And that's where, as I mentioned earlier, the non-materialistic goals, the things you can't measure about confidence and focus and attitude and see where they're at with those things. And that will, get, if you can get them to focus more on that, it's going to help them. And I always, I don't know, have you ever, have you ever uh, talked with your athletes about ha- keeping a journal? Not, not at this current school, but I have in the past. Okay, has it worked? Uh, I think it has. Yeah. I mean, it, it 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 has a little bit. You know, it's, it's hard for to get high school kids to to put their feelings down on paper. But oh, I know. It it, it, it has a little bit. I know it's hard, but you know what? If you've got 40 kids on the team and you get five of them to do it and those five start getting better and then they talk about, well, yeah, man, I've been writing down my write down a daily goal every day. It's something I focus on and it's working. Eventually, maybe 10 kids will do it. They're all not going to do it, but you're going to get some of them to do it. And the ones that do that will have more a, a greater chance of results positively than they won't. So it's worth trying and see what happens. You know, it, it can't hurt. Let's put it that way. I agree. 
So, and especially since you've seen it work. So I, you know, as the high school football season gets started, I would encourage you and the coaches to talk about this and work on this. And granted, you may be dealing with kids that have never done anything like this before, and they're going to think, oh, man, that's ridiculous. I'm not a girl keeping a journal or a diary, which is what a lot of people have said to me. I said, no, that's not what not, I'm not like an eight, eight-year-old girl. No, this is about you, learning about yourself, learning about growing. You know, there's that whole sex this issue about, you know, guys keeping a journal. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. I have professional athletes I've worked with for years who've kept journals, and they've shared them with me over the years, and they have told me what an impact that has had on their career. So I'd encourage oh. you to work with them on that and see what happens. Like I said, you get three kids that do it. That's three kids that are going to thank you for it at the end of the year. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for calling in, sir. Good luck to you this year. I appreciate it. Call back again. Let me know how, if, if you do this, let me know how it's going. Okay, I'll do that. Okay. Take care. Right, appreciate you. your All call. Right. You know, the whole idea of keeping a journal, and that is something that I have encouraged athletes to do for years. I've worked with many, many people. Uh, I've been on the radio for 27 years, and for several years, my co-host was Nick Lowry, who worked with me for 14 years. He kicked for the Kansas City Chiefs. For years, when he retired in 1996, he was the most accurate kicker in football history, and he had kicked more field goals than anybody in the history of football. He kept a journal his entire career in college and professionally. He told me what a difference it made. It made him realize what he needed to work on, what he needed to grow on. Another individual I worked with for years, basically his whole career, and it's public knowledge, Tom Gordon, Flash Gordon, his sons, D. Gordon, who plays for the Mariners, and Nick Gordon, who's playing for the, who'll be playing for the Twins here pretty soon. He's in their AAA team. Flash kept the journal his entire career. He's talked about it on the show. And he started that when I began working with him in 1990. He kept one his entire career. He said it made a huge difference to make him realize what he had to work on. So I would encourage you, if you're a coach, to talk to your kids about doing that. And a lot of them won't do it. They'll think it's silly and dumb. But I can almost guarantee you the ones that will do it will gain so much about themselves. Well, I hope today's show was beneficial for you because, you know, here's the thing. We all, we all play sports to succeed. We want to do well. We want to accomplish our goals and get better. But I'm a big, big believer that this whole idea of focusing on the process, focusing on your effort, will give you a greater chance to get the results you want. And if you spend too much time focusing on the materialistic goals, the score, the statistics, you end up in trouble. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. And we're here from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. There are a lot of ways to reach me. You can give me a call at my office. That number is 816-561-5556. I work with athletes, teams, individuals, coaches all over the country. So feel free to call me there, 816-561-5556. Check out my website, which is winnersunlimited.com. All kinds of information on there that could be helpful for you. Our shows are podcasted there. They're also podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at DRJ Sports Psych or send me an email at my website, which is DRJ at winnersunlimited.com. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. From the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB.